it's different when it's the defense. It is different. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. And it comes to you on this day from Cincinnati. Scene of Bengals 41, Steelers 10. If I wasn't in Paul Brown Stadium to cover it, I'm not sure that I would have believed it. And yet, at the same time, saddest of all, there's no reason to not believe it. Because for as much as we have all focused and fussed on the flaws of the offense, and not without cause, the one thing that also was true through this entire season to this stage is that the defense never got back to where it was a year ago. There have been different events that at times felt like a cause for faith, probably most notably in Orchard Park with the way they handled Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the Bills. And in fairness, they had a full, almost full, defensive line in that they had Cam Hayward and Tyson Alulu obviously haven't had Stephon to it the entire time. But the defense has never gotten back to where it was last year, much less the year before. And at first we kind of didn't mind because it was just, well, they're not getting takeaways, but takeaways are luck and takeaways will eventually come around. And then the takeaways never came. And then it was like, well, it, it's not that important because, you know, these low-scoring games, the other teams stink. It's been exposed. Any pretense that anybody was trying to sustain that this offense could just come around has been blown to smithereens these past two weeks with both opponents running up 41 points, obviously also including the 41-37 loss in Los Angeles to the Chargers. This this isn't about injuries and illnesses. This isn't about uh, who's missing this week or that week, who might come back and save the day. This is just not a good defense. It's not a good defensive scheme. And the reason that anyone could be reasonably surprised is that there remain on this defense some very, very good players. A couple of them great players, meaning, of course, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. I would throw into the very good category Minka Fitzpatrick. He's shown flashes of being better than that, but for this year I'd put him at very good. 
There's a couple others that I'd put in the capable category. Terrell Edmonds, who, by the way, was really the only defender yesterday who had a decent game. I know there's a lot of people that don't like him, but, you know, credit where it's due. And I'd throw Alex Highsmith into that. Capable. It's not excessive praise. Cam Sutton is also shown to be capable, so maybe I can put him in there. So what are we at now, six? Right? How? How do you take that group of individuals with two great players, one very good one, and a small handful who are capable, and and allow them to disintegrate into that, that that we witnessed. How did that happen? How did the Seahawks become the first team to say, hey, we can just run on these guys. This is awesome. We can do this all day. Took them until the second half to do it, but they did. And then the Lions did it because the Lions saw the same film. And the Lions didn't even need either of their top two running backs to pull that off. And they didn't even need a passing game as any kind of decoy because Jared Goff had a bad back and couldn't throw the ball anyway. So even though everyone knew the Lions were running, the Steelers still couldn't stop it. And then, of course, comes this debacle yesterday. This was not the Bengals' third-string running back. And these Bengals are not the Seahawks, and they're definitely not the Lions, though they've been that in the past. And they handed the ball off to Joe Mixon as if they were just passing out treats, one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. They might as well have been laughing. It was so easy to run the ball. How and why and who's to blame and what, if anything, can be done about it. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format works best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. It hits differently when it's the defense. It hits differently when T.J. Watt walks into the media room to speak with us and we can barely hear him and he's standing no more than eight feet away. I mean, it it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't uh, something that any of us are proud of and um, you never want to have that feeling coming out of a game. And... We put it on tape. Now we have to uh, we have to own it, move forward, and know that everybody sees uh, what just happened today and what we can expect moving forward. So we have to stop this um, before it continues to unravel and become a bigger issue than it already is. It hits differently when Cam Hayward later comes into that same room, and he could 
very clearly be heard with what he was saying, but he was trying to pin some of it on himself, and not just in that typical way of his where he's like, I've got to be better, I've got to be better. When everyone knows he doesn't have to be better, everyone knows he is what he is. But he sounded like this actually was on him, including this pretty striking portion of his statement about what he intends to do about it in terms of elevating his teammates. Play freaking better. Um, Man, there's a whole lot that needs to be cleaned, and I won't discuss it right here, but I got to be better. I got to demand more, and I'll get back to it. Well, here's the thing. I don't think he can do it, and I'm not in the business of doubting Cam Hayward or T.J. Watt. I don't think he can do it. I don't think he can make some of these players who are getting a lot of snaps on this defense any better than what they showed here yesterday. And yes, I'm going to pick on one of them. Because Devin Bush is that bad. Devin Bush has been that embarrassing at times. You can say what you want about Chris Wormley when he gets more than 15 snaps. He shouldn't be a starter for any team in the league. He's forced into that right now. You can say what you want about James Pierre getting picked on by Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. That did happen. That was not a feather in Pierre's cap. Joe Hayden was very much missed. But you can't watch Bush on the field right now and find any aspect of his performance acceptable even with all the stuff that Mike Tomlin keeps bringing up about, you know, well, his knee this, and he's, you know, coming back from that, and he was uh, trying to downplay Bush's struggles by saying that he he's been spotty. This wasn't spotty. This was catastrophic. There was a play on which Bush didn't move, move until two full seconds after the snap, and then just kind of, kind of shook himself out of it. Whoa, whoa, where am I? Whoa, they snapped the ball. How does that happen in an NFL game? How does that happen? You know, what are we watching here? This isn't about whether or not the Steelers should have traded up to 10th overall to get him. This isn't about his being a first-round bust. This is about his being a damaging presence on your defense. What do you do or say to overcome that? You know, what is that potion that Cam thinks he can come up with? For him or for Wormley, or for any of the kids they've been rotating in and out of the defensive line? What is it? Where is it? Who's responsible for this? I mean, ultimately, you know, everything goes to whoever's on the field, okay? And I'm not about to start wagging a finger at other people over the nonsense we're seeing from Bush. But when you come down to who's responsible... Who built the roster? Who thought 
that Stefan Tuit could be counted upon into this season after what had happened to him. Who thought that a defensive line with all 30-somethings was going to get by without needing significant depth, even if it was just for rotational purposes, something that Cam had begun talking to management about a couple of years ago. Who thought that? Who thought that? Who thought that these inside linebackers, with Bush coming off the knee injury and management going out and getting Joe Schobert at the last second once they realized, whoa, like Ulysses Gilbert's not going to pull this off. Buddy Johnson's not going to pull this off. Who thought that this stuff was okay? Who thought that it wasn't worth investing in even a late summer free agent? With that now often cited on this program, $10.25 million in free cap space. Who thought that it wasn't worth going out and pursuing a trade? You could say what you want about some of the price tags, Fletcher Cox, they were gonna the Eagles were gonna need a second rounder, but you didn't need Fletcher Cox. You just needed a just a breathing body. You needed a player who didn't stink. And you could have given up easily a fourth or a fifth rounder for them. Who thought this was okay? The answer to that is, and you know this, it's Mike Tomlin. And Kevin Colbert. That's where this goes to. They built this defense. They did so largely on irrational hope in multiple areas. You can't do that. Hope isn't a plan. Hope isn't a plan. This this thing that you've seen now two weeks in a row that's what hope looks like when it's substituted for intelligent rational researched decisions when we come back just one question One question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Doug Black, who sends the following. My brother and I were texting during this game. He stated that the Steelers are an underachieving team. I countered that they are an overrated team with backup quality players at half or more of the 22 positions. 
that they're not going to step up or figure anything out, but might need luck not to lose out. How do you paint this team's portrait? Doug, I got your question in the Paul Brown Stadium press box probably just a few minutes after I got back upstairs from the interview room. And I have to tell you that I came up with your answer a few minutes before I got your question. And here's how it went. Mike Tomlin comes in to open his press conference, and I got it started by asking, plain and simple, if this outcome could be enough to cause change in personnel. Mike, can you expect, can we expect to see change on either side of the ball when it comes to the lines in particular? You know, we're open to doing whatever's required to change, you know, what's trending. And so you may uh, certainly see changes. My first reaction to Tomlin's answer was I was surprised that he gave one. Normally when you ask a question like that, you get shot down, you get nothing. And I don't mean insulted, I mean you just, you get something along the lines of, we just played a game, we'll be discussing that over the course of the week, we will let so-and-so's practice be our guide and all kinds of other stuff. You won't get, yes, we're open to that. So that part of it, that was not expected. The other thing, and it was almost immediately upon asking the question that it hit me, he didn't have anybody. I don't know what he can do. Can you think of something? If you take out Chris Wormley, because I don't mean to pick, pick on Wormley here. He, you know, he had a big play, a sack early on, and he's just not a starter. Okay, so if you take him out. Who are you put in his place? They apparently thought so little of Isaiah Bugs that he didn't even get a hat yesterday. Carlos Davis, who isn't even cleared yet to be active? Who? More Isaiah Loudermilk? Maybe, I guess. You know, fifth-round rookie? But what are you really changing? Better example, what do you do with Bush? It's easy for people like me and you and everyone else to say, bench him! He stinks! He's killing you! It's a totally different dialogue once somebody comes back. All right, for who? I could have said Robert Spillane before yesterday. Spillane's got the knee injury now. He went out in the second quarter, and I'm not going to sit here and play doctor, but it didn't look good. So I can't assume he'll be available at all, much less to be able to go out there and, you know, take 60, 65 snaps. Who else? Who else? I mentioned Gilbert, Buddy Johnson, (laughs) Marcus Allen. It's just not, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And if you do, your upgrade will, will be insignificant at best. Because the Steelers know what those guys are. They know who they are. They know what their limits are. They know their ceilings. They know that Bush, even at XX percent, at least in their minds, 
is going to be better than some other. It's, it's not a great answer no matter how you cut it up. And that's the scariest part of this, these last couple games, but especially the one here yesterday because everything's now laid bare. Everything's now right there for everyone to see. There's no hiding it. There's no masking it. There's no huge effort to come back in the fourth quarter against the Chargers that has everyone saying, yay, team, way to go, and whatever else. There's not that. There's just this. And it's the kind of this that can't be healed quickly. And I mean even in a year or two. Let's get real here. The Steelers have a top-heavy payroll, a top-heavy talent balance. And there's not much of what one would consider to be a middle class. Like if you go back to my opening segment, the, the Terrell Edmonds, Alex Highsmith types, the kind who are capable, who are competent. There's not much of that on the roster. You're either a truly great player, like a Watt or a Cam, or you're <laughs> the guys they're playing with right now. And that either takes a lot of money, a lot of free agency buying, which is not something this team's done, obviously, or it takes the draft, which takes time takes time and it takes hitting on all the right guys I hate to go there I hate to go there there's still there's still time left in the season but uh, I'm sorry I'm just being honest with you that's that's where I am right now that's where I am really where I went with the Lions game and after a little bit of a of a, a lift from that near comeback out in California, I'm, I'm right back there. I'm right back there. This team needs to look long and hard at literally everything. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do this again tomorrow because I am informed. A reliable source in the world will not. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.